0: What's up, happy lifer? Hey, I got a question for you. Tell me, who's in the house? Oh, 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 tell me who's in the house. oh yeah. Tell me who's in the house. Oh, I know that one. JC. I just told you. JC. J-C. Weren't you listening? Why do they always say, oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I want to talk about that today. Uh Well, not the why do hip-hop artists always have to say, oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> but the other part, you know, the who's in the house part. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message. Does your sun set high? Does your sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. What's up, Happy Lifer? Thanks for joining us today. I... I apologize for this song in the beginning. I'm going to I'm going to blame that on quarantine crazy. Sorry. Normally there's a lot of people in my life when I'm traveling all over the place that I can vent all that out on. But being stuck with my family here at home, um, I'm trying to hold, hold back, hold back because I don't want to drive them too crazy. And I guess that means that that you had had to face the brunt of that. So, so I apologize. But I I do want to talk about that song uh, as I was because we're continuing on on our communicating with God series. And as I was going through some of the thoughts in my brain, that song popped up. Uh, That was actually one of the first original Christian mainstream rap artists, uh, DC Talk. Actually, that was DC Talk with Carmen, one of the first mainstream Christian artists as well. And so uh, I've gotten memories of them way, way, way back in the day, especially that song, because that song came out right around the same time we gave birth to our first son, Jordan. And at that time, my wife and I were traveling together. And uh, we lived in a van down by the river. I live in a van down by the river. (laughs) Well, not down by the river unless there's a good parking spot down there. But we really literally did kind of like live in this decked out van. But then Jordan came along. And I remember this was the first trip that we were going to take with Jordan. Um, He had grown up just a little bit. And we had to go from Seattle all the way down to Missouri. Well, Missouri, but from that point on it became misery because the trip was just I mean <laughs> we didn't get past Spokane and I had to turn back around. I mean Spokane is only like 4 hours away from from Seattle and we had already stopped a couple of times to try to keep my son entertained. You know, if I knew then what I know now, I just would have forced him to get used to the car seat, but we're new parents, we didn't know any better, you know, and he just didn't like that car seat, but really none of my kids did. They they got used to it, you know. So that song came on the radio while my son's crying in the back seat. I remember I had to call the place down there and say, Hey, we can't drive down. Um would you be able to get me a ticket? And from that moment on, Christine stayed at home and started raising Jordan and then our other boys and I, I traveled more on my own. But the song came on when I'm like losing my mind trying to figure out how I'm gonna get down to Missouri while I got a crying kid back there and I don't know how to handle that. More new parents, right? And that song comes on. And I just started goofing around all of a sudden I'm singing Tell Me Who's in the Van. JC, because his name was Jordan Christopher. And uh, so and I wrote a whole song to it actually, you know. Uh, the, the original song goes He was born to a virgin named Mary on Christmas Day. In fact changed it to He was born to a babe named Christine on the 5th of May. I just started performing that song everywhere I traveled. And it was, I thought it was kind of funny. In fact, it wasn't long ago that I had someone come up to me and say, Hey, do you, do you still do that song? I'm like, what song? He says, Who's in the van? I mean, like, so there's still people that, (laughs) that remember that. So I've got some great memories of that song and some fun memories of that song. And, but that's really not the reason why I wanted to use that song. I wanted to use that song because it fits in perfectly actually with our communicating with God series that we've been doing off of the article, Eight Signs Your Relationship Could Have Better Communication and How to Get That by Natalia Lisinski It's on bustle.com and, and we've been on this article for a few weeks now. And it's an article talking about, you know, our relationship skills, our communication skills and and how we increase our relationships. So it couldn't fit any better because the reason why we're supposed to relate to each other down here on Earth is it's supposed to be a symbolic of us getting along with God that's up in heaven, that lives inside of our heart, the God that's all around us at all times, because that's why God gives us friends here so that when he says he wants to be our friend, we can relate those together. We often don't do that. That's a mistake a myth that I think a lot of people have in prayer is that they come to God when they're hurt, you know, but they don't realize that they could treat him like they would treat a friend. They talked with God. It says like like a neighbor talks with another neighbor. And I remember reading that when I was younger and just saying, you know, that's the kind of relationship I want to have with God. If he wants me to be his friend, then I'm jumping on that bad boy. I mean, I'm jumping on that bandwagon. I mean, if God, the creator of the universe, the creator of me, who is all love, who is all life, who is all hope, who is all peace, who is all, he's everywhere all the time and he loves me greatly and he can help me out with anything and he can guide me and he's laid out my steps for me and he wants to give me hope and a future. I mean, I could continue to go on and on and on with this, but if that God shows up and says, hey, I want to be your friend, then guess what? That's what I'm going to do. And that's why I want to share how I kind of got there with all of us happy lifers because, you know, prayer has turned into something that we say we want God to be our friend and we sing songs about God being our friend and stuff like that. But I don't know if we always really think about that, but I think God wants us to think about that. I want to communicate with God like a person communicates with a friend. So. That's where we're going with why we're using the article, Eight Signs Your Relationship Could Have Better Communication, how to get that. So I'm going to finish with the last three of the eight today. And then next week, I'm excited because I want to get into and how to get that. I want to get to the positive part. I want to get to the answer because I don't want to just talk about problems. I want to bring solutions as well or at least open up the door for other people to bring solutions and be a part of that conversation. By the way, if you want to be a part of that conversation, uh, the, our episode today is brought to you by Happy Life Coaching, and uh, we've seen some great results in a lot of people, and we still have some spots open for a free month of life coaching. That's one thing that I can do in this, and there's a lot of people struggling with sadness. There's a lot of people struggling with despair and, and worry, but we can help you with that. I've got 30-some years of experience in coaching people and life coaching people, and I can help bring some happy to your situation. So if you're interested, there's a few spots open still. So go to coaching at happylife.studio, send me an email, or you can call me on my Yo Stevo 425 425- Two hundred H A Y H-A-Y-S 425-200-4297 And if nothing else Just be a part of this conversation With us So email me, call me You can also email at YoStevo at happylife.studio Point number six and eight signs Your relationship could have better communication And how to get that By Natalia Lasinski is You often feel alone You take him high You take him low and this is where the song fits into um i was at before the quarantine my son was with his jazz combo and they were playing at a winery it was so cool to sit there at the winery and listen to my son play and have the people next to me say man is that your kid he can play those drums and it's so cool I'm, i'm a proud dad and i'm a i'm a happy dad and and as I'm sitting there listening to them, all of a sudden I look up on the fireplace, a big old fireplace. we got a spot right next to the fireplace. It was kind of cold and rainy, Seattle weather outside. And so it was really cool. This is this many months ago. But I saw this little, like a, you know, little plaque, little sign thing on the mantelpiece there that said this. It says, you're not drinking alone <laughs> if your kids are in the house had to read that several times before I really caught it. I mean, it, it, it just cracked me up, you know. Hey, as long as your kids are in the, in the house, you're not drinking, al- <laughs> drinking alone. So, I mean, what I want to say about that is that, that you know, we're not living alone either. I mean, point six is you often feel alone, but we're not alone because God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. That's what that word means. He's everywhere all the time. He's omniscient, means he's all knowing. He's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. So here you have this being that's all powerful, all knowing, and that's everywhere all the time. Just because we feel we're alone doesn't mean that we are. Logically, we're not, because God is everywhere all the time. Now, emotionally, we can feel alone, and that's a sign that your relationship could have better communication is when you often feel alone. But truth is, our feelings aren't always telling us the truth. Feelings can be bullies. They love to grab us by the shirt collar and say, "You're going to feel this way whether you want to or not." And nobody cares. We're all by ourselves, but we're not alone. You know, in the same way that you're not <laughs> you're not drinking alone if your kids are in the house, we're not living alone if God's in our house. So tell me, who Who's in your house? Hey, JC He's the- in our house. He's in our world. All we have to do is acknowledge him. And sometimes we have to tell our feelings. We have to fight back with them. That's what you do with a bully. When a bully grabs you and says, do this, you tell a bully. You tell a bully, no, I'm not doing that. And most bullies back down. And our feelings back down too. And we say, wait a minute. I know I feel alone, but I'm not alone. I'm never alone when God is in my house. I am never alone because God is always here. He's always present. Point number seven, you find yourself confiding in other people more than your significant other. So what does this have to do in our relationship with God? I think it has a lot to do, honestly, because when I first caught this, it it really kind of hit me between the eyes. It was like a, huh? Because think about it. We go to Bible studies, we go to prayer meetings, we go to church services, we, we watch YouTube videos, and we talk a lot about God, but we don't always talk with him. I mean, we study what other people say about God. And we've fallen into the Moses syndrome where Moses in the Old Testament was leading millions of people through the wilderness for 40 years. And everyone let Moses do all the communicating with God, even though God had set it up so that anybody could communicate with him. Check it out in the Bible, Exodus chapter 33. Just begin to read that. It's one of the first books of the Bible. It talks a lot about how God wanted to communicate with everybody, but everyone just said, no, Moses, you go talk to God. And we still do that to this day. We find the experts and say I want to find out what the expert is saying about God versus God wants to have a friendship with me not a friendship through somebody else when I know somebody through somebody else it doesn't mean much to me until I get to meet that person then when I get to meet that person I don't just know them through uh, our mutual friend but I get to know them through me and I want to spend some time with you just the two of us can make it if we try just the two of us (laughs) hashtag quarantine crazy (laughs) so seriously it's it's just the two of us now and we spend so much time in all these bible studies and things and, and nothing wrong if you like going to bible studies and things like that but it reminds me of, I had a friend who was a minister and he was an associate pastor. And so he doesn't speak much to the entire congregation very often, but the pastor was going to be gone. And so he asked him to speak. And so he was trying to put this whole message together and all these facts about God and God, what do you want me to say? And all that stuff. And at one point he felt like God had said to him, he said, why are you trying to tell these people about me? Just introduce me instead. Wow. I mean, that's the money right there. We talk about God, but I want to introduce people to God, not just talk about him. So we find ourselves confiding in other people more than we do in our significant other when we're having trouble with our relationship. Well, instead of talking about God and we're learning about God through all these experts, man, you can be Moses too. You can talk with God too. There's a lot of people out there that are a lot smarter than me. There's a lot of people out there who know God more than me, that are closer to God than me, but I'm not going to rely upon their relationship with God. I want my own. I want to experience God myself and experience along with them. But we tend to think, well, I'm not spiritual enough or I'm not smart enough or I'm not my pedigree is this or, you know, I grew up in this kind of a home or, you know, I've done a lot of bad things in my life. And we have all these excuses why we can't have a relationship with them, but they're not true. So instead of just talking about God, um, talk with Him. Instead of just learning what other people are saying in small groups and youth groups and discipleship classes, etc., start finding out just you and God as well. Open up your Bible too, and don't always have to have somebody else explain to you what that's saying. Say, God, where do you want me to open up in this thing? And then just flop it open. Just flow through your Bible app or your online and just pick a verse and just start reading it and, and ask God to reveal himself. It's called God's word, right? So ask him to communicate to you and that you would get that. Shelby Kern from the article says this. These are people that are outsourcing their relationship problems to others because they don't know how to talk to their partner instead. And like I said, I hear that a lot. Why don't you pray? Well, I don't know how to pray. I want to break that myth. I'm going to keep hitting that thing. I'm going to keep hitting it because sometimes when something's a big old concrete wall and it's solid, man, you got to keep hitting with that sledgehammer till it begins to crumble a little bit. You can communicate with God. That's what prayer is, right? what about what we're going through right now with this quarantine and with the coronaviruses as I'm recording this podcast, that's what we're in the middle of in the middle of the quarantine we're we're stuck in our homes. And, and, but have you talked to God about this coronavirus that's completely changed your life? Have you talked to him about it? Or have you just told him you're afraid and asked him to help you? (laughs) Because it's a whole nother level to say, God, what do you think about the virus? I bet if you'll ask God what he thinks about COVID-19 and then you'll wait for feeling, a thought, a picture to enter into your head, uh and it's always going to be encouraging. It's because God's a good parent, and it's always going to be loving. Um, even when it's correctional, it's always going to be loving, and it's going to be gentle, and it's going to be kind. Because God is love, and love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, and so God isn't looking to beat us up and beat us over the head. So if we ask God what He thinks about this, we're going to realize that God's in control. And he's not biting his heavenly fingernails up in heaven somewhere, but he's in control and he's got this thing covered. In fact, let's just take a moment real quick and do it right now. Let's ask God what he thinks about right now. And we're just going to wait. God, what do you think about the COVID-19 crisis? What do you think about my personal spot in that? Some of us are all going through different stuff, but what about you? Ask him, God, what do you think about my situation right now? Yeah. I just, (laughs) he's not worried. And I hope that helped you. And if you didn't get anything at that point, it might happen later on in the day when you're watching a movie on your TV. It might happen when you're walking around the block and you see some kids playing in the yard and you might, God might go, that's how I feel, how those kids are playing. I mean, he's spoken stuff like that to me a lot. It might be when you're driving to work, if you're able to work, if you're lucky enough to be able to work and, and uh, you'll see a billboard or something, or you'll see a bumper stick or something. God speaks in so many ways to us because he loves to communicate with us. I've got another good friend that, that said this. He said, don't replace intimacy with instruction. Don't replace intimacy with instruction. That was my buddy, Jim Hans, that said that. And that leads right into the last point that I'll just want to finish on real quick. With step number eight in eight signs your relationship could have better communication and how to get that. Point number eight is your intimacy is MIA missing in action. God isn't just some boss. He also wants to be our friend, our lover, our our closest companion. Like the love a, a husband has for a wife or a wife has for a husband, that's the kind of love that God has for us. You know, when you love someone that much, you want to get intimate with them. What about intimacy with God? Don't get weirded out about that. God loves you. He's crazy about you, and he wants to just love on you. I've had moments where God has just loved in my heart, and it's just—I don't know how to explain it, except for the fact that when my wife is just in my arms, man, and and she whispers over and says, "I love you," oh, that intimacy, what it does for for my heart is just unbelievable. God does the same thing. It's that. That buzz, that high that you get, that, that intimacy, man, when it, when, when, when it's right, man, it's just, it's just a beautiful thing. God wants to be intimate with us too. He doesn't want to just answer our questions or help us with our problems, but he'd love to take it another step. Now he's never going to force that. God never forces his love on anybody. God gave us a free will. And so he's not going to force his love on anyone because that's not love. That's abuse. So God waits for us to ask him. But if you want God to become closer with you, then all you have to do is tell him that. And if that worries you a little bit or concerns you a little bit, then tell him that too. Say, God, I don't know what this thievo guy is talking about, but if you want to be close to me, I don't want to just talk about you through other people. I just want to, don't want to learn about you through other videos or other things like that, but I want to learn about you. If you say that you really love me, if this Thebo guy is right, and you want to be intimate with me and your power and your love, you want to share that with me and you want to become intimate with me, then God, I'm, I'm nervous about that or I'm afraid about that, but I'm in. I mean, just give me a little bit. Ask him to give you a little bit. He's not mean. He's not abusive. He's loving and he's gentle. Love is patient. It says in 1 Corinthians 13, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not rude. God is slow to anger, he's abounding in love. And the Bible says that God is love. He loves you deeply. And so it's up to you what level you want to have him on. No pressure from me, I just want to let you know the different levels of communicating with God. The deeper you go into God, the deeper you want to go in God. I'll just put it that way. The more you, you open up to him, you know, we're talking about opening up our lives the other week and opening up to God for that to happen then opening up to other people. But the more you begin to open up to God and he shows up and he doesn't abuse you, he doesn't leave you hanging, he will never leave you or forsake you, you open up to him and all of a sudden he reveals a little bit more of himself to you, a little more of his love, a little more of his peace. I mean, isn't that what we all need right now? A little more of his hope. That's what I want right now. Well, when I ask God for that, he gives me that. I don't always feel something right away. Sometimes I don't feel anything at all. But when we ask for it, God gives us something. And then when he gives it to us, it's so great that we want a little bit more and we want a little bit more and we want a little bit more. That's all I'm suggesting really is that we just continue to move forward. Don't stop at a certain level with God and say, God, I'm cool right here. You just be Lord. You just be my boss. You just tell me what to do. You just tell me where to go. But when we have an intimate life with God and we keep moving forward in that, and we don't just stop at, God, I'll come to you when I'm in trouble, but we go to the next level. We say, God, I want you to be my friend. We go to the next level. God, I want to get a little closer with you. I want to get a little closer with you. Right? And he keeps revealing himself to us. Man, I'm telling you, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And God is a beautiful thing. And he made you in his image. That makes you a beautiful thing as well. So don't let your intimate life with God be MIA, step number eight. <laughs> Instead, ask God to help you with that. Ask him to reveal himself to you. Don't just talk to God about the coronavirus, but ask him what he thinks about it, what he's feeling about it. And you might be surprised because I've had God tell me before, I feel your pain. I feel your pain and I'm sorry you're going through it. All I needed was to feel that. And all of a sudden I was okay. Just like my dad, man. I'd go to my dad and my, I'd call my dad on the phone, just a mess. And sometimes my dad, all he had to do is listen to me. And I just felt comforted all. My dad would have to say is, I know, son, or I'm sorry, son. So God sees your pain. He feels your pain. And he's not stone cold to that pain. He feels your pain. And he wants to help you. And he wants to replace a lot of that pain. He wants to help a lot of that pain with love and hope and peace. And you will be happy too. I hope that helped. Thanks for listening. And you will be happy. Remember, life isn't perfect, but it can't be happy. Hey, Happy Lifers. I'm going to tell you guys how I feel Jesus when I go on my walks. I feel his hand on my shoulders, just like he's there walking with me. I also feel Jesus when I have a dance party with him. It's just like he's in the room with me. So my advice to you guys is to just uh, live life to the fullest.